Thanks, Alexander. Good morning, you live in the park? Morning. Uh, if you've been joining us the last few weeks, you probably know a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, our regular location pastor, uh, Bobby Moss, has been on a month-long sabbatical, um, and him and his family are getting to uh, get a little time away, enjoy and see the sights. We shared they um, had some rockiness at the beginning with some positive COVID tests, but they are, are back uh, enjoying their time. So uh, they should be landing in Chicago this morning, um, and we'll be back with us next week. So um, we're really grateful that they could have that time away. Um, two, the second thing you're probably aware of is that we've been having guest speakers these last few weeks. And so we've been grateful to hear messages from uh, Pastor Asa, Pastor Juan, Pastor Justin, uh, who are all a part of our, our Big New Life family. Um, so each of them spoke on a different aspect of uh, discipleship. If you haven't here, you know, Asa encouraged us to stop gazing and start engaging. Uh, Pastor Juan talked about everyday discipleship and what that can look like. Uh, Pastor Justin uh, talked about the cost of discipleship. And um, that brings us to today. So you're probably wondering who's talking today. Um, and the good thing is you don't get just one, uh, you're gonna get many speakers today. So our leadership team uh, will be doing this uh, service uh, together. Um, so you've already had a chance to hear from Kale and Hannah as they led you through uh, musical worship. Uh, we're not only blessed by uh, their musical talents, uh, but uh, the way in which they use worship to bring us closer to the Lord. Um, and so uh, I visit a lot of other churches, visit a lot of new life locations, and uh, we have an abundance of talent here. Um, but the reality, too, for Gil and Hannah is that uh, their preparation doesn't just start when they walk on stage. It's practices through the weeks. It's praying and thinking through um, what that means. Um, so I know personally that some weeks when I've kind of dragged myself in here or just not really feeling it, it, it is worship that pulls me back in. And uh, so we're really grateful for um, their blessings and the way that they do that. Uh, Alexander just shared announcements and prayed to open our service, and so uh, Alexander is our, our volunteer coordinator um, and filled so many roles uh, when COVID really impacted our services, and so um, we're really grateful for the way that she uses her gifts here. Uh, later, you can get a chance to hear from Robin Nordhus, Sue Cordelillo, and David Nordhus. Uh, let me say, these are some of the wisest people I've ever encountered in this church. And I think that wisdom will be evident in the way that they share the word, but I think it's also evident week in and week out in the way that they care and love for you all. Um, and so we're, I'm really encouraged by how this team shows up week in and week out, and um, really grateful that you get to hear from them today. So you're probably asking the question I'm asking, why am I up here talking? Uh, <laughs> and because uh, Robin's much better gifted at this than you'll see. Um, but uh, it might be because I'm the most familiar, or at least I look the most familiar. Um, I could probably play the generic white guy in a movie. Um, <laughs> if you haven't met me before, my name is Ed Vanak. I am on the leadership team, and this Tuesday, actually, I will have been at New Life Lincoln Park for 13 years. Oh, yeah. um, that predates Bobby's time for those people. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm married to Hannah, uh, who is on the worship team. Uh, 
We met here, I proposed here, got married here. Uh, so these four walls uh, hold a special place for us. Um, I also have a seven-year-old Leah and a four-year-old Owen. Uh, to clarify, I do not work for the church. <laughs> uh, I'm just a volunteer, but uh, my day job's pretty boring, government role, although Kael and Alexandra are convinced I work for the CIA. You <laughs> might be right. <laughs> um, Alright, so I can't go forward without uh, being asked about what this week has looked like for us. Uh, left this Monday night, um, we are awakened, Owen, sick, find out with COVID. Um, as so many people are getting that news. It wasn't a huge surprise. Um, we knew he'd been exposed over the weekend with his cousins, so um, he recovered quickly, thankfully. Um, could have used a few more days of the sleep to top their face. Um, that was uh, a nice little bust. But uh, my mom, who had been caring for my sister, who was sick with COVID, then got it herself, so we took over care of her my mom so that she, my sister's family could recover. Um, my sister and my mom are, are doing better now too. Um, and somehow after lots of home tests, masks, hand washed, hand by, have stayed symptom free, our kids are at home out of caution, but um, we're grateful to be here today. Um, I share that because I was reminded uh, from someone who used to speak here on occasion, uh, how their family would just have Check, check. There we go. Uh, the most hectic weeks um, every time he was scheduled to speak and just the amount of spiritual warfare that would come amongst their family and I felt a little taste of that this week and uh, it, it reality convicted me to pray for those who labor here. Um, I think first of Bobby and his family, Jeanette, Bailey, and Jackson, but I also think of our leadership team, our ministry leaders, our community group leaders. Um, so we'll be spending most of our time today in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Um, but before there, I want to take a moment in the theme of what I just shared to look at the verses just before in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. So there it says, and we'll be up on the screen here for you. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves. In that same theme, later on, um, Paul closes service with just brothers, pray for us. Uh, if you have your Bible open, I'll avoid going to verse 26, where it says, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Bobby can teach on that one. Um, <laughs> so we see these phrases, uh, respect those uh, who labor among you, uh, esteem them very highly in love, be at peace among yourselves, and pray for us. And so while Paul uses the statements for this chapter to close out his letter to the church of Thessalonica, it could easily be this church, the Lincoln Park, closing out the letter of this last month. And so I'm looking forward to welcoming Bobby and his family back next week, but I don't want to do that, though, without those phrases in my mind, without recognizing the continual spiritual warfare his family faces in that role and the spiritual work done with the other leaders in this place. And so where the enemy looks to tear down, let us be a church that builds up. Um, let us, that respects those who labor, that esteems them very highly, that seeks peace amongst each other and prays for them. I know I'm personally challenging myself to pray for those who labor here, um, and I want to encourage you to do so too. Uh, so, back to our main theme for today. Um, 
as I mentioned before, we're spending most of our time in First Thessalonians 5, 16-18, but I'd first like to lay a foundation of how God is our constant in his nature, character, and promises. Uh, to do so, I'm going to jump around to several verses throughout Scripture. Um, those references will be on the slides uh, on the screen, and we'll also have a handout for you as you leave today. Um, so don't feel as if you need to frantically write down these notes. Um, we'll have something for you. So if you'll follow along with me on the screen here, um, we'll begin with Luke 10, 20, where it shows us God's righteous character and redemptive work. There it says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In 2 Peter 1, 3, it shows us how the Holy Spirit's ministry on our behalf says his divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through him who called us by his own goodness and glory. In Philippians 4.19, we see the spiritual blessings that we possess. It says, uh, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches um, in his glory in Christ Jesus. In Romans 8.28, we see God's providence as it works through things for our good. And we know that in all things, God works for good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. In Jude 1.24, we see the promise of future glory. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. In Acts 1.8, we see how the sharing the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of this earth. In John 16.23, we see about how God answers our prayers. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. In 2 Timothy 3.16-17, we see that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, shows us the God, gifts of God's word. And lastly, Proverbs 27 17 shows us that deep and sincere relationships in the body of Christ. As iron sharpens iron, so when iron sharpens an iron. So God's righteous character and redemptive work, the Holy Spirit's ministry on our behalf, the spiritual blessings we possess, God's providence as it works through things for our good, the promise of future glory, sharing the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, answered prayer, the gift of God's word, and lastly, deep and sincere relationships in the body of Christ. Each of these show how God is our constant in his nature, character, and promises. And so now that we've laid that foundation, Robin's going to be sharing from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 on that theme of joyful, pray continually, and give thanks. So if you're using a pew Bible, you can turn to page 988, and you can follow on the screen. Join me in welcoming Robin. to gather today as a body of believers. Um, Lord, I just praise your holy name for being present among us where two or more are gathered. Holy Spirit, come, soften our hearts, open our minds, that we would get a fresh word today and that that fresh word would move us to action. Amen. Amen. 
So it's my privilege. I'm so excited to take a deep dive into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. And before I do that, I'm going to outline two different scenarios. And by a show of hands, number one, I want to make sure you're still with us, still tracking, and if this has been your experience. Okay, so the first scenario is when you have a major life de decision that you're facing. So maybe it's you are looking at a job offer, you're considering purchasing a home, you're in a relationship and trying to decide what that next step is. And so you're earnestly praying and you're seeking God's will and you're really trying to discern what is God's will in this situation and what is God's will for me in my life? Okay, raise your hand if you've ever had that experience, right? Okay, keep them up if you wish God would really just send you a text or post it on social media, right? Or I'm gonna date myself here because I always wanted him to put it on a billboard on the highway when I was driving to work, or I wanted him to hire a plane and ride it in the sky, right? So I just dated myself a little bit there. But the idea really being that trying to discern God's will, right? Okay, the second scenario is have you ever had the experience where you are reading your Bible and it's a place in the Bible you know you've been before, right? So you have read that book or that chapter or those verses, but suddenly there are new words in the Bible that you have never seen before. Right? Anybody have that experience besides me? Right? And I'm so thankful that God's word is living and active because I think that so often he will reveal the words that we need at just the right time in just the right way. And this was my experience with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. I was at a point in my life where I was absolutely paralyzed because I could not figure out what God's will was for, in my, for my life in those areas. So I was making no decision. And God, in his gracious, graciousness, revealed these verses to me at just the right time, just when I needed it most. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And it was the last part of these three verses that stopped me cold. And I went, wait, what is God's will for me in Christ Jesus? Because it just told me, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I had to back up and look at, it's to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. So we're going to deep dive into this to kind of take a, a, a closer look at what this might mean. And I think in doing that, I asked for control of my own remote. Does that tell you something about my personality? <laughs> and it's not working. It didn't move. All right, our excellent tech people are going to figure out why that didn't move. Still didn't move. Seriously, you guys, the thing I was most worried about in talking today was the technology. Like, everything else, I'm like, God, you've got this. God, you're going to show up. It's all good. But I'm really worried about the technology, which I just dated myself again. But it's all good. Okay, so we think I've got control now. I'm going to go back and see. I do. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so we got to start with being joyful, right? And I think what's really important in today's culture is that we need to understand the difference between joy and happiness. Because we live in a culture that is all about, I deserve to be happy, my happiness is more important than your happiness. And so we need to take a minute to define the difference between what does it mean to be joyful always? It's not saying be happy always, right? So happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is not dependent upon circumstances. So for example, we have this picnic after church this afternoon, and it's gonna be such a sweet time of fellowship and gathering together, and if the weather's good, and we get to go do that, and it is a sweet time of fellowship and gathering together, then we're gonna be happy. But if it's rained out, then we're unhappy, right? So it's dependent upon circumstances. Joy comes from what Christ has done 
and it's constant. That's why um, Ed um, ended his portion by talking about the constant character, nature, and person of Christ and who his, what his promises are. So it comes, joy comes from what Christ has done, and it's constant. Happiness is decided by external forces. Joy is deeper than happiness. It's an attitude of heart that we grow as we mature and that we try to develop, whereas happiness is shallow and temporary, right? And it's shallow and temporary because it's dependent upon circumstances and it's dependent upon external forces beyond our control. And then joy, finally and most importantly, is anchored in our personal relationship with Christ, whereas happiness is affected by or dependent upon someone else. So a big difference between joy and between happiness. So when we're talking about being joyful always, we're really talking about that it comes from what Christ has done, and it's constant, and it's based on and anchored in my personal relationship with Christ. And so as we think about the difference between happiness and joy, we cannot always control our emotions, but we can strive to control our focus. And our focus needs to be on the constant and stable character of Christ. Without that relationship and focus, we may live a life of continual turmoil tossed about by the currents of external circumstances. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather find my joy based on the constancy of Christ and who he is and who I am in him than being tossed about by the turmoil of external circumstances. So when we look at scripture and we think of the concept of joy, John chapter 15, verse 9 to 11 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So the first thing that we're learning about um, being in God's will is that we're going to be joyful always. The second is to pray continually. And I think what's helpful about praying continually is to think of this concept of it's just a constant conversation with God where we align our hearts and mind with the hearts and minds of God. And I think to do that first, we've got to know what is the heart and mind of God. And that's where that time in scripture every day matters, right? For me, I do it first thing in the morning. You might prefer before you go to bed at night, or maybe you grab you know, 15 minutes somewhere during your day. But if we're going to align our hearts and minds with the heart and mind of God, we've got to know what his heart and mind is. So think of prayer as the breath of your spiritual life, right? Just like our body needs air to thrive and to grow and to be healthy, our relationship with God needs prayer. So you go through your day, and you interact with perhaps some friends, some family, some coworkers. And to build those relationships, you need to be in conversation with them, right? You're talking, they're listening, hopefully they're talking and you're listening. And that's gonna grow that relationship, right? You're gonna grow in intimacy, you're gonna grow stronger, you're gonna grow healthier. And so really think of prayer as the breath of your spiritual life, right? It's the breath of our spiritual life. Just like our body needs air, that relationship needs prayer. Constant prayer, praying continually, is really thinking and living in the presence of God. Anybody familiar with the book, um, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, right? It's a classic from literally 1692, still in print today on multiple versions. And it does a great job of talking about, you know, practicing the presence of God is really just inviting him into every part of your day. So for this monk, hundreds of years ago, he realized as he went throughout the day doing his chores that he just needed to be in conversation with God. Lord, thank you that we had food on the table this morning. Thank you that I get to wash the dishes and serve my you know, fellow brothers in this way. So he would have this conversation going throughout his day with God. 
for me personally, um, it works best for me if I start my day this way. So um, you ever have that morning where the covers just are the perfect temperature and the bed feels so comfortable and you just do not want to get out of bed? Okay, I would encourage you to use that time to pray, right? So for me, for me, really, I'm just delaying getting out of bed, but that's when I really do pray through my day. So for example, I'll say, Father God, thank you so much that you woke me this morning and gave me the opportunity of another day. Thank you that you gave me the opportunity and the ability to walk. Help me to get out of bed and go do that. Precious Father, be with me as I'm on this conference call today. Give me wisdom to know when to speak and when to be silent. Thank you that I get to have lunch with my husband. So I'm literally talking through my day and inviting God into every part of it. The place where I don't do as well is keeping that constant conversation up throughout the rest of the day, right? So praying continually is inviting God into every part of our day. Now, there are so many, um, so many verses on prayer, right, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I'm just going to highlight three that I really spe think speak to this idea of constant conversation, continual prayer. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 says, We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And Romans chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 says, God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers all the time. So again, it's that idea of always giving thanks, praying in the spirit on all occasions, always continuing to pray for the saints, and constantly remembering you in my prayers all the time. So again, we're working towards what God tells us is his will in Christ Jesus. So we started with the idea of to be joyful always, which is based on our relationship with Christ and his unchanging character. Then we talked, of, now we're talking about um, praying continually, right? So that constant conversation. And the third one is give thanks in all circumstances. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, 20 says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the God, Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, really talks about this concept of giving thanks in all circumstances. So not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. My husband's down on the front row going, click, click, click. He's giving me the sign. Good job, honey. <laughs> and now he's blushing because I called him out on it. So yeah, it's all good. We've been married 29 years. We just have this whole like nonverbal communication going on. So fortunately, he's keeping, he's keeping me on track here. Thanks, honey. All right, so let's talk about words matter, right? God placed every word in scripture for a reason. And um, I think sometimes we just are checking something off on our list. We're just kind of gulping scripture and got to get to the next thing, got to get to the next thing. And we need to slow down perhaps and look at every word. And in this sentence, give thanks in all circumstances, that little word in matters. Because for me, I really struggled with this one. Like things are hard. I really am supposed to give thanks for all circumstances. No, I'm to give thanks in all circumstances. And that little word makes a huge difference in this verse. 
So for a couple of examples of this, we're not thankful for a job loss, but we can be thankful that God continues to provide and meet our needs. So you see the difference of for versus in, right? We're not thankful for a cancer diagnosis, but we can be thankful for accessible healthcare and the support of our family and friends. So let's give thanks in all circumstances. And what I think is um, particularly valuable for me as I was digging into this and, and preparing and just really realizing that regardless of our circumstances, we can give thanks for three things that never change, right? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We learn that throughout scripture, especially in Hebrews, it flat out says that. And so regardless of our circumstances, we can give thanks that number one, God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Okay, second, regardless of our circumstances, we can give thanks that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And right now, with everything going on around us, we just got to pause there for a minute. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither life nor death, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And third, regardless of our circumstances, we can give thanks that God will give us strength through his, he'll give us his strength, right? He'll give us his strength that we need for whatever comes our way. So Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So regardless of our circumstances, right, God is constant, and we can give thanks for those following items. And that brings us to, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, right? So what's God's will for us in Christ Jesus? That's when we see a statement in scripture, we need to look back. What is God's will for us in Christ Jesus? And that is to be joyful always, right? Because that's based on who God is and our relationship with him. To pray continually, to invite him into every part of our day. And to give thanks in all circumstances. Because we can always give thanks for what, who he is and what he does. But something to consider is that we can lack joy because we lose sight of God's love, power, and work in our life. And I think for me personally, so often I get a very horizontal view of things, right? I'm focused on me, my city, my neighborhood, my family, our nation, the world. And so I'm focused here when I need to be focused vertically, right? So we get a horizontal look, which makes us lose sight of God's love, his power, and his work when we need to be focused vertically. We need to be looking at God, his love, his power, and his work. We can lack prayer because we get too busy to keep up a constant conversation with God. Okay, let's be honest here. Anybody besides me find busy is one of the biggest spiritual warfares that come against me to separate me from the love of God, right? So we get too busy to keep up a constant conversation with God. And we can lack thankfulness because we focus on life's circumstances instead of the almighty God who created us. So again, it's that idea of looking horizontally, being focused here, instead of being focused here on the almighty God who created us. So these three commands are interwoven and they're interdependent. They work together. So when we work on one, the other will naturally follow. And our hope and our prayer for you as a leadership team today 
is that, first of all, again, thank you so much for being here today and being present. But our prayer is that you will get a fresh word from God today and that that will move you to action. That you will pick one of these to um, do. Maybe you're already doing all three. Good for you. I want to sit at your feet and learn. But if you're not doing all three of these, our hope is that you'll pick one, right? To really focus on this week. To be joyful always. To pray continually. To give thanks in all circumstances. And the way that this works is when we find our joy in the Lord, then we'll want to be in conversation with him, and then we will be thankful, right? So when we pray continually, the joy of our relationship with God will overshadow the challenges we face, and it will give us a grateful heart, right? And last but not least, when we give thanks in all circumstances, it will lead us to a continuing conversation with God, and we will be filled with joy that's rooted in the constancy of Christ. So three commands, interwoven and interdependent, work on one and the other will follow. So these seem like such simple commands, right? We see them in gift shops and on t-shirts and we see them kind of everywhere, right? To be joyful, to pray, and to give thanks. But the reality is there's some challenging qualifiers when you're looking at the whole context of the whole verse and the whole passage. So it's to be joyful always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. And I want to end my portion of the service by taking a brief moment to really look at the fact that God's will is really not so much what we do, right? We are saved by grace, not by works. But he also gives us things that help us to become more and more like Christ and to sanctify us. So God's will is not so much what we do, but it's who we are in Christ. And can I say, we could just spend an entire year looking at who we are in Christ from Scripture. So I'm just highlighting a few um, that spoke to me personally. So who we are in Christ, we are children of God. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For me, when I'm praying, he's almost always Father God or precious Father to me. So I really resonate with this idea of being a child of God. Who we are in Christ, we're created for a purpose. Romans 8, 28, And we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In Christ, we are a new person, Romans 6, 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. In Christ, we are known and set apart. That's the wrong slide. I can barely see back there because I have middle-aged eyes, right? So it was a choice. Can I wear my glasses and see the pages here or can I take them off and see the screen back there? And I decided I was rocking the red glasses so I stuck with the glasses today, just saying. Okay, so known and set apart. We are in Christ, known and set apart. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Genesis 1.27 tells us we are made in the image of God. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In Christ, we are redeemed and forgiven. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In Christ, we are chosen. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you, and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. In Christ, we are royalty. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. And Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So 
So today we took a deep dive into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, and I hope that it um, gave you a fresh word that will move you to action. Um, Sue's going to come up next, and we're all about, let's be practical here. So she's going to share some ideas and ask you to share some ideas of what it looks like to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Thank you, Robin. Um, I'm going to move this for a second. Because um, I'm a don't use a stand kind of person, and I'm going to walk down this aisle. Um, so, um, Robin talked us, talked us through those verses, and we just want to take a moment and give us a little time to reflect on what can we do with that? Right? One of those, at least one of those things, and um, could you go back, actually, I liked a different slide that you had. <laughs> awesome. I love controlling slides. Maybe. Oh, maybe you should do this. <laughs> it's not working for me. Can you go back to the slide that had like each thing that we could do, this one thing, and then the others would follow? That one, yes, perfect. Um, I just thought this was really poignant and wanted us to focus on that as you reflect on what can we do? What can I do as I walk out of here today that would just drill this in to my walk with the Lord. Um, and I'll start us out, and then I'm going to have you all raise your hands and share something as you feel led. And if you don't feel led, that's okay. Um, but we're just going to take a few minutes and do this. And for me, something that I've been practicing is that being thankful in all circumstances. I went through a really rough year this past year. And just adding in, taking a little bit of time every morning, to reflect on what I'm thankful for in the midst of what I'm going through has changed my mindset. And so then I feel more connected to God and I feel like I can be more joyful. And so this follows because I'm getting my head out of my circumstances and into what is what has God done for me and how am I thankful? And it is everything from like, I'm thankful for my salvation to I am thankful I got to sleep last night in my own bed because I've been doing a lot of traveling. Or I'm thankful that I got to take a walk to the lake and pick up some rocks. I mean, it is like a wide variety, right? <laughs> but in that, it gives me the discipline to do that. And I don't do it every day. And on the days I don't, I'm OK. Uh, but if I stay away from it for too long, it, it, I start to get disconnected. So that's my practice. Anyone want to share something that they are either going to commit to or they've experienced that has helped you to kind of in weave this into your daily walk? And I'm really good with silence like Bobby is, so I'll just wait. Coming to get you. And I'm going to wipe this off. 
something that's really been encouraging to me recently, something that God's been growing to me a lot, has been trusting him with the unknowns. I'm a student. There's a lot of things I'm worrying about right now. I got finances I got to pay today. <laughs> I got finances that I got to pay today. I'm thinking about moving at the beginning of this week that I got to do. I'm thinking about all these new leadership positions that God's leading me into this next semester, completely different schedule. It's a morning schedule, so I already hate it. <laughs> and just all these things that I see that I'm just really having to take step by step, and it's been so difficult for me to just be okay with the unknowns. But the more that I've been moving forward and just trusting God with where I'm at right now, knowing that, okay, I'm not, I'm not kicked out of school yet, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I'm not, I, like, I'm not, I'm still at school. I still have a place that I'm sleeping. I still have a family that loves me and that is supporting me. Um, I still have friends, even if they're not that many. And there's just a lot of things that I can still be grateful for and that I can trust God with and that I can still be thankful when he does show up, provides for me in the ways that he already said he would. Anyone else? Wow. Uh, yeah, so one of my friends and I have been going through the fruits of the Spirit over the past couple of weeks, and one thing we realized was just that every single, every single fruit is something that already overflows out of God. Um, and so as I was going through it, I found myself being really thankful that, you know, I get to overflow God's kindness. The fact that he's so kind to me is the reason why I can pour that out to other people, and he's always gentle and loving, and he has the most self-control, and all of that just continually comes out of him, and that's what pours into us and allows us to just naturally grow those fruits of the Spirit. So I think I've just been so amazed at everything that just constantly pours out of God into us. Um, and that's been, that's been super, super edifying, which has been really cool. Thanks, Ro. Anyone else want to share how... Can you or have you been praying continually, finding rejoicing always, or being thankful in all circumstances? Um, I put a um, like a sticky note on my mirror in the morning um, that contains a couple of Bible verses, just like the um, how God clothes the fields with uh, lilies and um, feeds the birds and all the things. And those are just really good reminders for me every day when I wake up to lay my circumstances at the feet of the cross. Because I know that all of my worries, anything that I think about throughout the day, um, that I am actively seeking out God's will for my life. And if I'm doing that, if I let God take control of my life, he is always going to put me where I need to be and he's always going to provide me the strength and the resources and the things to make those happen. Um, so those are, that's a way that I do it is to have it visually there all the time on my mirror getting ready uh, just to remind yourself that God is in control and he put you where he put you for a reason. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. As I make my way up, I'm looking. Anybody else? 
Can we go to the slide I was supposed to be on? So I'm, I just want to challenge you as, you as you leave today. Keep reflecting on these. Practically, how do you? Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give, th give thanks in all circumstances. Remember that slide we just had up before, that it, a focus on one to start out with will help the others flow. And I think that's so practical, right? Like I get overwhelmed when I try and check all the boxes and then I feel like I'm a failure, right? Instead of just going, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give thanks. And that's gonna create joy in me and it's gonna make me more connected to God. And then I'll wanna talk to him more, right? Um, so we wanna do that. Can you go to the next slide? I think. Nope. <laughs> we'll stay on this one. So um, I just want to take one quick moment to pray before we close this out and move on to our next section. Um, so let's do that. Lord, I just thank you um, for the opportunity today to dig into your word, to just take some time to think about how we apply this in our lives, Lord. And as we move into this next part, just let that be a continuation of how we respond uh, to your message, to your word, to the Holy Spirit convicting our hearts. Let's pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to bring David up now, who's going to lead us with communion. Yeah, thank you, Sue, for leading us through that and that conversation. Um, just for me, I... I uh, share my own item is that, you know, when I think of those three items, um, it's really hard for me to just be joyful. Um, so I love the interconnection here. And for me, it's easier to just practice that thankfulness. And the other things do naturally follow. Because I am thankful for, like Sue said, the small stuff and the big stuff. Um, I get more connected with God. I find myself offering up more prayer, and then I learn through um, Christ what it is to be joyful in all circumstances. So I'd like to invite the ushers um, to come forward and distribute the elements. And go ahead and take um, a piece of bread and some juice, and just hold it for now because we're going to take communion together. And if you're newer to New Life Lincoln Park, um, note that the bread tray in the very center has a gluten-free option if that's something you need. And communion is intended for, you know, those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. And if you haven't made that decision today, if that's something you have not done, I'd invite you to do so. Um, there is no trick here how to do this. You can do it right there in your seat. Um, just realizing that you need to place your trust and your faith and your identity in Jesus Christ. And if you do make that decision today, I'd invite you to uh, hang around after service. Talk to somebody on the leadership team about the decision you've made. 
um, we'd love to celebrate that decision with you. We'd love to encourage you and pray with you. You know, and as I uh, think about the, uh, the sermon today, you know, Robin said something about the horizontal versus the vertical. And that really resonated with me. Um, she gave some great examples, and they all resonate with me. I can get very busy. You know, work can take my focus away. Even relationships, um, things that are happening in the culture, in the city, in the world. And not that those things are bad, but when it starts detracting from my vertical focus, that's when I've got to recenter myself. And communion offers us that opportunity. It offers us that opportunity to refocus on Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the work he did on the cross. So I'd just like to pause for a minute. Let's reflect on that. Heavenly Father, God, I just praise your holy name. I thank you for being King of Kings and Lord of Lords and our firm foundation. I praise you for the opportunity to come together and worship as a church community today. I especially praise you for sending your son Again, for that work he, uh, that sacrifice he did on the cross. I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you stand and join me in uh, communion? go ahead and uh, pass the cup to the aisle and myself or somebody will come down and pick those, pick those up. And we're just going to conclude our worship service today with one last song.